And we have had a full morning. It's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs 30. Verse 3 is our proverb for today. This is one of my favorite proverbs in, the, in, in all of them. Here it is. This is going to be 3 and 4. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I obtained to the knowledge of the Holy One, who has gone up to heaven and come down, whose hands have gathered up the wind, who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak, who has established all the ends of the earth. What is his name, and what is the name of his son? Surely you know. It always gets me because it, obviously it's talking about Jesus. And I don't think we realize that the Old Testament is actually about Jesus. You know, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus is talking to his disciples. They don't know it's him. And he says that he takes them from Moses through all the prophets, which means through the whole Old Testament, he takes them through it and points out that it's about him. And yet the writer of this proverb already knows that there is a son and he has a name. It just gets me that Jesus is through the whole thing. And I love the Old Testament. I really do. I love reading the Old Testament because it's about him. When I realized that it's about him, the Old Testament came alive. Because it's about him. And you know what? He's been in your story your whole life. Let that sink in. He's been in your story your whole life. You just need to come to the realization that he's been there for you. And ask the Holy Spirit to show you, Jesus, where have you been in my story? Because that's what he did in the road to Emmaus with his disciples. He pointed out, hey, I've been a part of the story from the very beginning. And he's there for you too. So take that, Proverbs 30, verse 3. I would encourage you to get into Proverbs every day. And it's really easy. There's 31 chapters of Proverbs. So you just read the chapter that day. All right? Are you going to do that? Awesome. Good. All right. So we've been talking about legacy. Yes? Remember? And last week I started talking about three different legacies that we have in our life. The first one is the one you're born with. Then there's the one you build. And then the one you leave behind. And you really only have control of one, the one you build. Because you didn't choose where you were born, who you were born to, and what circumstances you were born into, right? Right? You guys didn't get to choose. Did anybody get to choose? No. And then once you have moved on from this earth, you have no control what is done with your legacy. Right? When you're gone, you have, no more, you, you have no more say. So really, you only have one that you 
get to build, which we're going to get to. But last week I talked to about the legacy you're born into. And if you're born, we're all born into legacies that aren't very good. There are parts of it that aren't great. Like I, I was very fortunate. I grew up in a very good home. But there was still, yes. And I will take payment for that comment later. But there are still, they weren't perfect. I, I know that's hard to believe. But they weren't perfect parents. You know, they have forgotten a birthday or so. Which didn't bother me, but I had to act like it did, so I got a better present. You just didn't realize it was that day. Yeah, that, that's called forgetting. <laughs> See the legacy I have to deal with here? Trying to stretch the truth. But we talked about two men that, that inherited similar legacies. And that was Gideon and King Saul. And both of them inherited a legacy that said, hey, you're the weakest, you're the smallest, you're the most insignificant person in all of Israel. And we looked at how each, of the, each one dealt with that legacy. And Gideon dealt with it and had success. But Saul refused to deal with it, and it ended up being his downfall. And so it's so important that we deal with those things that are passed on to us, that it, it, it does become our responsibility to deal with and get out of our foundation, take those, those bad legacy blocks, and don't build our foundation on them. So we talked about, about that last week. So this week, I want to talk about the positive legacies that are given to us, the good legacies that are handed down to us, the good blocks to build into our foundation. And what, do we, what is our responsibility with those? Because they don't just happen. The legacy is passed on to you, but it's your responsibility to do something with it. And so we're going to talk about that today. Um, my grandfather, my mom's dad, was an Oki from Oklahoma. He was half Cherokee Indian and loved shiny things. I know that might offend some, that that's a stereotype, but I'm not talking about stereotypes because I knew him and I knew how he was. He loved shiny things. He went, after he passed, we found lots of shiny things under beds, hidden under closets, bags full of shiny things. He, he bought a jade farm, a jade farm, yeah, he bought a jade farm because he loved jade, but he bought it in Canada which meant, because he was American, he couldn't touch it or do anything with it, but he had to have a jade farm. That, that was just, he was an amazing man. He was awesome. But one of the, the legacies that he passed on, for some reason, he always could find the front row parking spot in a crowded parking lot. It was amazing. Parking lot would be packed, but he would find the one spot that's available, the perfect timing, and he would be right up front. So when I started driving, 
I was with my, my best friend, and we would go to the mall quite a bit. And he was a couple years older, so he would always drive. But once I started driving, I would drive. And we pulled in one day, and the mall was, it was a Saturday, so it was packed. And we kind of pull in. We know it's packed. And there's this spot way, way far away. And he's like, oh, there's a spot. Why don't you park there? Because it's hard to find parking. And something inside of me remembered my grandfather. I'm like, no, no, no. He always got the front spot. So I told my friend, I said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a spot up front. And he just rolled his eyes like, you got to be kidding me. Now we're going to lose this one spot, and it's going to take forever to find. So I, I just keep driving, pull around, go down the next aisle, and of course, right there, like the sun was shining, <laughs> the heavens opened, the angels were singing, and there's a front row spot. And I just pull in, look at him, just kind of smiled. And he, he wasn't a cusser, but he, I know he wanted to. He's like, you got to be kidding me. And this happened for like years. That, especially when I was with him, we would go somewhere and he's like, just park here. You're not going to get one up front. Like, you can't keep doing this. There's no way. The odds are against you. And for some reason, especially with him, there'd be a spot right up front every time. But there was a legacy of that given to me, but it took me actually activating it and believing that it can actually apply to me. And I had to take a hold of it and take it out for a spin. But it never would be activated in my life unless I actually passed the parking spot and went for the better. I didn't settle for the long, partly I was lazy and didn't want to walk that far. But I didn't settle, but I activated that in my life. I took it for a spin. And this is what God says about how long a legacy can last. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. 1 Chronicles sixteen fifteen. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations. David wrote this, Psalms 105, 8. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations. See, those legacy building blocks that were established are good for a thousand years, at least a thousand generations. And we get to activate those. Some of you are like, man, I, the family I came from There's nothing good that came from them. But I bet you, you can't, you don't know what a thousand generations looked like. And what happened over those thousand generations. And those legacy blocks are still there. Waiting to be activated in you. Because God said, my promises will last at least a thousand generations. But the question is, 
Are we willing to activate those in our life? Which means we have to do something about it. It's not going to just happen. See, David built a legacy for Solomon. He got all the stuff ready for the temple to be built. But Solomon still had to build the temple. It wasn't like Solomon woke up one day and the temple was built. He actually had to take the stuff that David, the legacy he left for him, and he had to do something with it. He could have chose to do something else. He could have just chose to build himself a palace and not a temple. But he chose to activate that legacy and build a temple. And the temple wasn't known as David's temple, but it was known as Solomon's temple. Even though all the stuff came from David. Because he was willing to activate it in his life. And David knew this. And so before David died, this is the charge he gave to Solomon. This is 1 Kings 2, verse 2. I'm about to go away. I'm about to go away of all the earth. He said, so be strong, act like a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. I love David. Be strong, act like a man. Man, I'm going to get myself in trouble if I stay there. Just some people need to hear that. Act like a man. And observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and regulations as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all you do and whatever you, wherever you go. And that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live. And if they walk faithfully before me. With all their heart and soul. You will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. So David is giving Solomon this charge. Because David was promised from God. Because you are a man after my own heart. You will have a descendant on a throne. But they have to follow me. See, David is giving Solomon the key to activating the legacy he was handing him. He said, here's the legacy. We will be, our family will be on the throne forever. But the key to that, to activate that in your life, you have to follow God. You have to follow his commandments. You have to love him and serve him. And so we know the story of Solomon. He doesn't do that. He starts falling away from God because he doesn't make God the priority. He doesn't become a man after God's own heart. He starts going after his own things. And at the end of Solomon's life, he loses almost the whole kingdom. When he dies and it goes on to his son... 10 of the 11 tribes are taken away from him. And he's no longer king over all of Israel. He's just now the king over Judah. Because he did not activate the legacy block that David handed to him. And so therefore he lost almost all the kingdom. And from that point on, the kings aren't judged By Solomon. 
But the kings are actually all judged by David. They're all compared to David. They're all compared to him. Do they live out his legacy? And if you've read Kings, they don't choose that legacy. Time after time, it says they did evil in the sight of the Lord. But they're always compared, they're always said, but their father David. Because they're, they have the legacy of David in them. But it's up to them to activate it and to live it out. And through Israel's history and Judah's history, king after king after king, does not pick up that legacy. But what's really cool is that that legacy doesn't die. The things that you are establishing in your legacy that you're doing with God, don't be discouraged when the next generation doesn't pick it up. It's heartbreaking, but they don't die. Because remember, it says to a thousand generations. And we see that here 13 generations later. 13. That's a lot. Like most of us could probably only think back to three or four generations. This is 13 generations later. King Josiah comes along. After having very, very evil father and grandfather. One of the worst in the history of Judah. But Josiah comes and becomes king. And starts to activate the legacy David left. He starts living like David. And this is what it says. This is 2 Kings chapter 22 verse 2. He said, this is what it said about him. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And followed completely the ways of his father David. Not turning aside to the left or to the right or to the left. See, it says his father, David, he walked in the ways of his father. This was 13 generations. All he knew was evil choices. Evil way to live. To worship other idols, other gods. But Josiah made a choice to activate the building block of David's legacy. He didn't choose his father's legacy. He didn't choose his grandfather's legacy. He reached back 13 generations. And said, I'm going to choose to live this way. And he was living in a culture that did not know how to serve the Lord. Because if you, if you read it in Second Chronicles, he, he tears down all the altars and gets rid of all the junk. And then starts restoring the temple. So this is years into his being king. He's restoring, he's going after God, but they start restoring and they find the law of Moses. And they bring it to him and start reading it. And as he's hearing it, he starts tearing his clothes in repentance. And he's like, oh, this is what I'm going after. Like he didn't know, but he knew. He pulled on the inheritance, the legacy of David to know, oh no, there is a God and there's only one God to serve. 
And then he finds the law. It wasn't that he found the law and then started living that way. He actually pulled on the, the legacy of David to start living right. And then found the law. And it was like, oh, that's, that explains it. That's where we're heading. But he pulled on the inheritance from David, the legacy from David. And it says that because of that, God told him, look, destruction is coming to Judah. And there's nothing you can do about that. They have already reaped that consequence. But because of you, because you have turned yourself and turned this nation back to me, you won't see it. You'll be with your ancestors before that comes. He changed the course of his generation because he leaned into the legacy of David. And this is what it, what it says about him in 2 Kings 23, about his kingship. It says, Neither bef- before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did, with all his heart and with all his soul, and with all his strength, in accordance with all the law of Moses. Every king after David could have had this said about them. It was there for them. But they didn't choose to pick it up. They didn't choose to activate it in their life. See, we all have things that are passed on to us. Good things. Really good things. But it's us up to us to activate it. It's up to us to live it out. We have to actually take responsibility for it. And when we do that, it becomes part of our foundation. And when we make it a part of our foundation, then we can build a really good building, solid structure, a foundation that's not going to crumble because it's built on what God has established. What God has promised us. And it's not going to crumble when hard times come. But when we build our foundation on things that aren't good. That aren't healthy for us. When the storms come, it crumbles. But we have legacy blocks in our lives. That are there that God established. That you're... People before you have established, and they're there just for you, waiting for you to activate it. And it's up to you. Said so Josiah started celebrating the Passover again. This is how far they had strained from where they are. If you think the world is dark now, it says that Israel, they had not celebrated Passover like that since David. So 13 generations, they didn't celebrate Passover like they should have. But yet, he chose to serve God. He chose to make a difference. He chose to live life differently than the culture around him. He activated the legacy block that David had given him, but had passed down. See, we all have those in our life. I was asking the Lord, what, God, what, what are you doing this morning? And he, and he gave me this statement. He said, you have legacy swirling around you up to a thousand generations. Yeah. 
It's waiting for you to speak to it. It's waiting for you to activate it. It's waiting for you to live it. See, we all have it. None of you are without legacy swirling around you. In this building, there's legacy swirling around you. This building, 23 years ago, was built debt-free. Debt-free. $2.9 million. Right? No? Three. 3.8. Sorry. It's off by a million. (laughs) This building has legacy swirling in it from that. A legacy of breakthrough. Of living debt free. Of financial breakthrough. That swirls in this room every time you walk in it. And it's waiting for you to grab a hold of it. It's waiting for you to speak to it. It's waiting for you to live it. And how you activate it is through your generosity. To the world around you. See, for that to happen, there had to be people that were generous. People that knew how to live generously and give generously. But that legacy is in this room. There's miracles that have happened in this room. Where people have been healed miraculously. That swirls in this room. That legacy swirls in this room. And it's here for you to pick up. It's here for you to make it part of your foundation because you're in the house. But it takes you activating it. It takes you being willing to pray for someone's miracle. If you want miracles in your life, you actually have to ask for miracles. You actually have to go find a miracle, someone that needs a miracle. To activate it. Go for it. So you get to choose what legacy blocks you put in your foundation. Because they're all around you. But it takes you actually taking a step. Taking a risk. See, Josiah had to take a risk. All of Israel was against him because they were living a life they wanted to live. And he came along and said, no, 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 this is not how we live. This is not the inheritance that we got. This is not the legacy. We are not living the legacy that was set before us. And he made changes because God was with him because he chose him. He chose that to be a part of his foundation. So what legacy have you not picked up yet? What's the legacy block swirling around you that God's just waiting for you to speak it? For you to grab a hold of and activate it in your life. If I can have the band come up. See, the Holy Spirit's really good about letting letting us know what he has for us. You have a history. 
Everybody in here has a history that goes back a ton of generations. There's some good in there. There's something that your great, 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 great grandparents did that established a godly legacy that's still at your feet. It hasn't gone away. It hasn't lost its power. It's just waiting for you to pick up. See, the Bible's full of promises. That's why it's so important that you're actually in the Word. Start reading it with, oh, that promise, that lasts a thousand generations. So I can have that promise. Oh, that promise, I get to have that one too. Because it goes a thousand generations. Oh, I get to have that promise too. Get in the Word. Those promises are for you. They're not just for the, uh, someone special somewhere else. How many of you like read the Bible and go, oh, that's a great promise. I'm glad George has that. <laughs> or I'm glad Barb has that or Fred. But no, 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 no. It's actually for you. It's actually for you to pick up and activate. Even Jesus said, hey, I did some amazing things, but you're going to do even more amazing. So even the things Jesus did, we get to say, oh, no, that's part of our legacy. We get to put that in our legacy. We get to put that in our foundation. We get to activate it in our lives. You guys aren't too excited about that because that means you actually have to do, you got to do it. Right? But even Abraham was promised that he would be a blessing to all nations. And we were grafted into that family. Which means we can pick up the legacy to be a blessing to the the nations. That we can be a blessing to the world around us. That's how we become world changers. Because we actually believe we can be world changers. And Jesus said, hey, you're going to do greater things. You're going to go change the world. It's time for us to activate that in our lives. Yes? All right. Ooh, thank you. Oh, good. We have some time. So let's just just take a minute. Close your eyes. And the reason for it is so the person could pick your pocket next to you. No, it's just a focus. But we're going to ask the Holy Spirit for one thing that he's asking us to activate in our life. One legacy piece to pick up and activate in our life. So Holy Spirit, We open our ears to hear you. What's the thing that you're asking us to activate? What's the the legacy that's swirling around us that you're asking me to pick up? To speak to it. To activate it and to live it out. Holy Spirit, show me.
Show me that you've been a part of my story from the beginning. That you have a legacy for me to pick up that's really good. Holy Spirit, just breathe through us. Ah, Jesus. I want to go after the, that you really need to see Jesus in your story. that's you this morning. You you need to know Jesus to reveal to you where he's been in your story. If you'd be courageous enough to stand, I want to pray over you. That you want to see Jesus in your story. Yeah. Because it'll change your life. It will absolutely change your life when you let him show you where he's been your whole life. Yeah. So Jesus, right now, we ask that you open up their mind, that you target them for encounter, for dreams, for visions, that you would reveal to them where you were in their darkest hour where you were, that you were working on their behalf. Jesus, you're so good. You've been there from the beginning. So we release that over them. Just, Just ask Jesus to come and reveal himself to you. Just say, Jesus, come and reveal yourself to me. I trust you. I trust you with my pain. I trust you with my disappointments. And I give my life to you. I give my whole life to you. That you have a plan for me. That you've always had a plan for me. And you've always been there. Holy Spirit, reveal it to us. If I could have just somebody go to each person, just lay your hand on their... And just release the Holy Spirit. You are always part of God's plan. 
Over the next week, he's going to start showing you your history. He's going to start showing you parts of your history, the good parts that you can build on. That your life wasn't a waste. That it's not too late. It's not too late to live in the legacy he gave you. As long as you're breathing, it's not too late. He can turn it around today. You can walk out of here as a different creation. Totally restored, totally renewed. Just fall into his arms. Let him be the good father that he is. in your life. Declare this over your family. Declare it over the ones that have walked away from the legacy, the godly legacy you've passed on. That it's still there. It hasn't gone away. So Jesus, we call back the lost. We call back our children that have strayed away from your God, your godly legacy. And we call them back. You said it lived to a thousand generations. So we call them back. We call them back to activate that in their life. That they would come back to you and find the freedom in you. Find wholeness in you. Start calling out their names. Speak their names out. Declare this over them. Jesus. 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 J
subject of legacy. It is so dynamic, so incredible that we grab hold of this thing for our families, for our children, our next generations, for what this church is supposed to be in this generation. Legacy is voice activated. It's voice activated. I love Bishop Garlington, he's one of my favorite preachers in the whole world. 
He says, there's something inside of you waiting for you to speak to it. That's what Ryan's talking about today. There's something that's resident from your history. It's not all bad. You just don't know. But the Holy Spirit wants to reveal some things. And when he does, then you need to speak to it. You need to speak to it. And even if you, even if it's, it's some, you typically, what has been bad in the past generations is that way because it was a strength turned the wrong way. God intended one thing and, and it was turned the wrong direction. So you can speak to the opposite spirit. Bishop Garlington also said this, you are where you are today because you said something that got you there. So we're going to sing this again. This is your declaration to speak to what is in your legacy that now belongs to you. Belongs to you and it will pass on to your generation. So, sweet, I want you to really get this. Will you do that? So let's sing this again. Let's sing it as our declaration. This is our activation. We're speaking to that thing in our spirit. We're declaring it to be true. And then as we leave this place today, we're going to move from declaration to demonstration. And you're going to start living according to that declaration you're making now. So here we go. Sing it again. David with Solomon was prophesying to him what was possible. But he didn't pick it up. And his son didn't pick it up. But David's grandson, this is what happened in David's grandson. Because they built altars to other gods. But the prophet came and said this. Altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priest of the high places who make offerings here and human bones will be burnt on you. See, David spoke to it. And then God said, yep, there's going to be a son that will live it out. So let's speak to it today so that the next generations can live it out. There's power in your words. There's power in your declarations. So let's speak it out today. You've got to be able to speak to it. See, David was willing to speak to it so that Josiah could live it out. So speak to it in your family. So Jesus, we speak to it this morning. We speak to the next generation. You will have an encounter with Jesus. You will live for Jesus. He will be your king. He will be your God. He will be the one that you rely on. He will be the one that rules your life. He's the one that will come and change everything for you. It's time to speak it. It's time to declare it. It's time to live it.
Jesus, you are so good. You're so good. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. That when you promise something, you actually do it. So we stand on your promises. And we believe you. We believe your report. And we will now declare the things that you have declared. That we will speak to the things that we want to come alive. And they will come alive because you've decreed that they would. So we give you our families. We trust you with our families. But we're going to take the responsibility of declaring it. Of living it. Thing that keeps going over and over in my head. One of the most powerful things you can do with your family is ask for forgiveness. Just simply saying, you know what, I screwed up. There's things I screwed up. Will you forgive me? And then love on them. Love on them. Make sure they know you love them. But some of you, like Josiah, when he got the law, he repented. He repented for a nation. think the greatest revival that can come to your family is when you're willing to humble yourself and repent and let God do it let God do the work but we do have to declare it we have to speak to it call it out of them call the treasures out of them speak to them from what legacy they came from So Jesus, thank you. You are so good. Holy Spirit, teach us how to declare, how to call out the treasures, how to be humble and repent, and to love the world around us so that they can come into your love, into your arms, and feel the love of the Father. So Holy Spirit, thank you that you are our teacher and our guide. So we follow you today. I pray that you bless everyone in this room, everyone that's watching online, that you would just pour out your spirit on them and their household and their world this week. In Jesus' name, amen. If I can have the ministry team come quickly. If you need prayer this morning, you need healing. There are miracles in the room. Your miracle is in the room. So come, we love to pray with you. Have a great week.